This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. How many are excited about Jesus in your life? Amen. How many want to keep on losing? Oh. Well, good. You're at the right place. We're going to show you how to quit losing and start winning. Amen. I thought surely somebody jumped in on that. wasn't listening close, but nobody did. You must be winners or potential winners. Tonight, I'm going to be talking about how to let God truly have control of your life. How to let God truly have control of your life. Uh, boy, this, this is going to be good. Matter of fact, I was practicing this today in my private time. I thought I'm going to preach on this tonight because I've lived this way for 39 years and it's always worked for me. But I want to show you some things out of the bookstore. I always like to show things out of the bookstore and uh, we, I don't think we talk about these very much. My wife over the course of the last, uh, since the early 90s, 25, 26 years has been writing down things I say that she calls nuggets. Nuggets of gold. Because a lot of times when a preacher is preaching or the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, they say things, their mind has no idea and then somebody tells me they said it later thought, wow, that's good. Write that down. I want to hear that again. But anyway, here's one called Book One on the Word of God. And I just opened this up and looked at it and thought, man, did I say that? Well, the Holy Ghost through me said at some point in time, listen to this. A hearing aid. When God aids your hearing by saying it over and over again in the Word. When God aids your hearing. How do you know the Bible's a hearing aid? Amen. It'll change your thinking. And then uh, the next one, I'm going to be looking at this one verse later on. says, blessed is the man who doesn't walk in the counsel of the unword people. Blessed is the man who walks in the counsel of word people. Amen. Of course, the word, we're talking about the Bible. And that's called uh, book one on the word of God. I saw she had like book one through ten of all kinds of nuggets on things like that subject. And then this one here says, nuggets of gold on finances. And I like this first one. I, I don't recall ever saying any of these things, but they sound good, and I want to write them down. <laughs> it says, bring all the tithe to the storehouse so your storehouse won't become your poorhouse. Amen. If you know, if you know, if you know the value of tithing from God's word, then you know the truth of that statement. God said, He opens the windows of heaven on tithers. God said, He rebukes the devourer for tithers. And how many here could testify as a tither? You see God show Himself strong time and time again. Amen. And then, and then when it, when it comes to money and offering, it says, You are counting dollars, but God's counting souls. That's good stuff. I don't know whatever I said that, but those, I asked her what those are. Those are five dollars a piece. And, uh, you know, the bookstore is not back there to help the church make money because we give away about as much as we ever sell. Things like that. But it's Christmas time. And I saw she has a whole table full of books like that. And for five dollars, they'd be a good gift for yourself or a good stocking stuff for somebody else. But those little nuggets will help change your life and change other people's too. Amen. That'd be good, but they're back there and, uh, my, my, my lovely wife, who's, uh, man, I don't know if people know what an awesome woman of God she is, but after this past year, I've known for a lot of years, after this past year, the way she helped carry me in the church and everything else, that woman's awesome. Give Mrs. Pastor a hand. I mean, she is so good. All right. <clears throat> How to let God truly have control of your life. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. Cherry Squad, where are you? And you know, you know, I heard, I heard Brother Hagin say something one time. 
concerning the Word of God, it's always stuck with me. To the degree that you show God your love for His Word is the degree you're showing God you love Him. John chapter 1 says, beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So, to the degree you love the Word of God and are excited about it is the degree you're excited about God. Amen. So that's, that's why a lot of times, you know, I encourage people, especially when we turn to that first verse for the night, to get excited and cheer. That kind of sets the spiritual atmosphere for what's going to take place next. If Jesus walked in here tonight, how many would do something? I mean, most of them would jump out of the chair and go, Jesus! Hey, <laughs> man, be repenting real quick for things today. Maybe you shouldn't have done, said, or et cetera, et cetera. But we would get excited about Jesus. We would reverence Him. We'd worship Him. We'd be so grateful that He came into our church to talk to us. And guess what? He has. God gave gifts to men, Ephesians chapter 4 says. He gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to bring you the Word of God from Jesus. And so we need to get excited not about the man or the woman, but about Jesus and what He's going to say through them. So 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And these these things tonight, it's always good. And it's always refreshing, but especially if you're a new Christian or if you've become dull of hearing because you haven't really been hooked up spiritually, you should have. This is going to sharpen your tools tonight to see these things again. First Thessalonians chapter five, verse 23 says, "At the very God of peace sanctify you holy. Now look at this next phrase. And I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body, spirit, soul and body be preserved blameless of the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. As a Christian, you've got to have the revelation in your heart that you're a three-part being. You're a spirit being. You possess a soul. That's your mind, will, and emotions. And you live in a physical body. When you were born again, your spirit became brand new. Your born again spirit has God's DNA. And that DNA... I call it God's divine nature and ability. If you write down an acronym, it go God's DNA, divine nature, ability, God's power. Everything God is, is on the inside of your born-again spirit. Write this scripture down. I don't want to turn to it. But 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17 and 18. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17 and 18. says, if any man, that means any human being, be in Christ... He's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And verse 18 begins off by saying, and all things are of God. Now let's talk about your spirit. If you were uh, whatever race you are, the outside, your body's the same. Whatever length your hair is, your hair's the same. Whatever shape your face is, your face is the same. Your outside didn't become a new creature. It's the same old person. But the inside, the spirit... Changed totally. It didn't just uh, change, it was recreated. It took on God's nature. Before you had the nature of the devil, uh, another scripture write down, John 8.44, John 8.44, Jesus told the religious leaders he was talking to, said, you are of your father the devil. You are of your father the devil. And so the Bible teaches there's two spiritual fathers. You got, you got, you got, you got the, the father of unsaved people, which is the devil. And lots of scriptures prove that out. And then you got the father born again people. That's the father 
Ephesians chapter 3 says the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named after Jesus. Amen? And so we have, we have a spiritual father now called God. But our body stayed the same and our mind stayed the same. And so whatever information your mind has is it, has in it that you've learned all the years of your life till the time you got born again, that's still there. And basically that mind thinks negative, losing, hurting, can't win, bad luck, no good luck, nobody likes me, it runs in my family, don't know what I'm going to do, etc., etc. And so you need to do something about your mind after you're born again. Your spirit can't be changed. Your spirit, I mean, how much better can your spirit get if your spirit has the nature of God? I mean, man, and that's, and then, and then Galatians 5.22 tells you what that nature is. I like to call, the, the Bible calls the fruit of the Spirit. I like to call it the character of God. Galatians 5.22 says the fruit of the Spirit is, or the nature we have is love. And the Bible says God is love. Joy. Peace. Long-suffering. Gentleness. Goodness. Faithfulness. Meekness. Temperance. Does that sound like the nature of Jesus? Like the nature of God? Well, that's the nature said us. How are you going to improve on that? What we need to do as believers is get what's inside to show up on the outside. If our inside had more control of our outside, then we'd have more of the benefits of the promises of God manifest in our lives. People would see more of God in our homes. They'd see more of God in our actions as we drive. They'd see more of God in how we treat people down at the supermarket. They see God in action more because we have God's DNA, but the thing is, it's trapped in there till we learn how to get it out. And so, you know, you, let, let me just say this. We're talking tonight about how God can truly have control of your life to the degree that God's Word controls your thoughts, your words, and your actions is the degree God can have control of your life. Amen. He said, bring all the tithing to the storehouse. Well, that old man said, but. The new man says, yes, amen, hallelujah. I want the windows of heaven opened. I want the devour rebuked. I want to see God move big in my life. And when God gets control of you and that little tithe, God's got to control your money. Amen. Amen. Well, go ahead and clap if you're going to clap. Don't be bashful. Amen. And so anyway, you are a spirit being. Your spirit is totally brand new, but you still got the same old ugly or maybe pretty body. Whatever it is, you got the same bod. Amen. And your mind has to be changed. Go to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. And we're going to look at verse 1 and verse 2. And I hope you're taking notes. I know that when I got born again, God put me in a word church like this. And I was so grateful that I had a pastor that taught the Bible and not just his ideas or somebody else's sermons. And, you know, I want to say as I'm teaching this tonight, I was thinking about this while I was worshiping God. If you got any religion on you, I'm going to say something that's going to hit your religion sideways. I'd love to do that. I'd love to shake up religious heads. Do you know that Jesus never practiced what he preached? And I don't either. Jesus preached what he practiced. 
And I preach what I practice. I preach what I live. I don't preach a sermon and then try to line up with it. I preach it because I live it. Amen. Jesus lived everything He preached. Jesus didn't just say a bunch of things and try to see if He could do it. He was already doing it. Amen. Well, I'll tell you what, I, I, I saw some of the religious faces out there when I said that. I saw some faces get contorted and go... <laughs> I sure am glad to be back in the saddle again. Man, I'll tell you, we put the spurs in, we're going to ride. <laughs> okay, Romans 12.1. Paul said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies, not just a mercy, the mercies of God. Aren't you glad that God has mercies? That they're new every morning? That goodness and mercy follow us all the days of our life? Praise God for His mercy. Say, thank God for His mercies. I need them every day. Amen. By the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And so God's best, God's best is for you, the real you, the spirit being that lives on the inside of your physical body. God's best is for you to tell your physical body what to do and make it obey you. He said you present your body. Now, if your body was the real you, how could you present your body? You know what I did today? I presented my body to take a nap this afternoon so I could be fresh tonight because if my body was tired tonight, I couldn't be sharp in here tonight because my body would be telling me, why don't you go take a nap? You can't tell me that because I made a sleep. So my body's fresh tonight. Amen. My body did not get to eat two pieces of apple pie tonight a big bowl of ice cream, and three pieces of chicken, two big helpings of mashed potatoes, big plate of corn, and all kinds of things like that. So I'd come here going, I told my body what to do. I said, body, we got to help some people tonight. And you're going to eat what I tell you to do, and you're not going to eat too much either. And body, you're not going to get a bunch of sugar in you, so my head goes wishy-washy. And I can't thank for God to move. Hey, I'm preaching to me, but I'm preaching to you too. Some of you can function a whole lot better if you told that body when to get up. You told that body when to shut up. You told that body you can't have this today, body. Last, last time, last time, last time I ate this, I had to take Rolaids. Amen. <laughs> if they make Rolaids anymore. Anyway, you're the one got to tell your body what to do. And so God calls this. Now, notice there, it says, which is your reasonable service. God calls this your reasonable, not unreasonable service. And in the Greek, it actually says this is your spiritual service. One way you, one way you serve God is make your body behave. I want to say, I guess right here in the Bible, if you want God to have control of your life, you take control of your body. They manner owe me. As born again believers, God expects us to exercise discipline in what we eat and how much we eat. Amen. I'll tell you what, it's not a joke for Christians to sit around and talk around and about how much they can eat and how much they can put away. That's not a joke. When you already know, when you already know the diseases that come out of overeating, eating the wrong things like that, 
That's actually a sin. Because God said to present your body and make it do right. Amen? Christians don't like to hear that. <laughs> Especially Pentecostal Christians. <laughs> they, they pray in tongues and, 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 and lose it. You know, say, I'll curse those calories. You don't curse those calories. Only, 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 the, the, only kind, the only way this comes off is by fasting and prayer. <laughs> Amen. Do better preaching than you are shouting. Okay. And also, and also, uh, yeah, as your spiritual service, God said, present your body as your spiritual service. Get the proper amount of rest we need. Amen. That doesn't mean you stay in bed all day long. And that doesn't mean you stay up all night long and try to get by on two hours sleep. You know, the whole thing about this, the Bible says so much about the temple of the Holy Ghost. First Corinthians, second Corinthians, they talk about our body as the temple of the Holy Ghost. And the context he talked about there, he deals a lot with sexual sin and things like that. But the whole thing is, our bodies have to function or our spirit can express itself. Amen. Our spirit lives inside of here. And if this is inhibited, that'd be like trying to drive your car with a blown engine. It might look shiny. Then you can wax it every day. If you didn't keep oil in the engine... If you didn't tune it up, if you didn't take care of the car right, it might look shiny, but it wouldn't go anywhere. And I'll tell you what, there's 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 some good-looking bodies out there, but they got a dead a dead spirit in them, and they're just nothing's happening. Amen. So you got to take care of the body, and then also, also, if you're going to present your body to God as a living sacrifice, no alcohol, alcohol in pairs. No smoking marijuana. Marijuana in pairs. No taking drugs. They'll cause you to do goofy things and kill you. And no cigarettes. Chewing tobacco. Why is that? Somebody's asked me the other day about when they started finding out that cigarettes are bad for you. I said, well, when I was a teenager and I smoked Lucky Strikes and Dutchmaster cigars, I remember back in the mid-60s, the Surgeon General came out with the thing they had to put on cigarette packs. Caution, cigarette smoking may be hazardous to your health. That's way back in the 60s. Well, we're two or three generations away from that. And if you're a Holy Ghost Christian, why, 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 why? You want to set yourself up for emphysema or lung cancer or those diseases that could cause your life to be shortened. Amen. God promised us long life. But how many know the Bible? Well, you know another acronym, B-I-B-L-E, Basic Instruction Before Leaving Earth. B-I-B-L-E, Basic Instruction. What's some of the instruction? Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Take care of the temple. That's what God says. And none of us are perfect at it, but we ought to start learning. If the world is smart enough to say smoking can kill you, smoking can cause all these diseases, why would you ever want to smoke? And God's the one that made your body. And if Christians just get serious about God, all it takes is a little prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, I know this is hurting me. I know it's probably going to cut my life short if you don't have mercy. Lord, I ask you for the grace. I ask you to help me lay these down. I don't need them anymore. Amen. And what am I doing? I'm teaching you how to truly let God have control of your life. God said right here, after you're born again, 
You belong to him. He said, now step number two, present your body to me for service. Well, Lord, I think I want to get in that fat eaters contest if I can eat 35 lobsters and 42 ears of corn and whatever else all those people try to eat on there. And they say, why is that? So I get on Facebook, get two million likes. I'd rather have one blessing from God than two million likes from a bunch of goofy people once see somebody try to kill themselves. Uh, moving right along. Amen. Amen. So anyway, God says this is your spiritual service. And then in verse 2, He tells you the process to begin taking care of your body and begin serving Him effectively. In verse 2, He says this, And be not conformed to this world. Man, right there ought to basically shut off every social media site in the church. How many know the social media is not... Is not biblically correct, but it's politically correct. You can't really say out there what God wants you to say if I get a bunch of hate mail. If you agree with the world, you get a thousand likes, two thousand likes, but if you agree with God, you get hit. And be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. Well, see, we're talking about spirit, soul, and body. The mind is part of your soul. Your spirit's born again. You present your body. And now we're talking about the soul. And so be you transformed by renewing of your mind that you may prove was that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And that the Bible says, prove what's God's perfect will for your life as your mind gets renewed by the word of God. And so this tells us how to get control of our physical body and the rest of our spiritual life as we renew our mind. I want you to hold your place and look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We're going to look at verse 3 and 4. Keep it in mind that he said, be not conformed to this world. Be not conformed to this world. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 3 and 4. Now look at this. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. How many know that at one point in time you were lost? You were without God. You were without hope. You were wandering around. Didn't know which end was up. You didn't know why you was losing. No matter what you did, you couldn't hardly come out on top. And even even if you got money, you were still depressed. Might have still been sick. If you got healed, then you needed money. Something was always plaguing you. Something always hurt you because you were lost from the gospel. But then he says in verse 4, now look at this. In whom the God of this world. See that small g? Oh boy. Gotta say it. Can't pass it up. Gotta say it. Say it nice. Say it nice. You illiterate, ignorant of the Bible Christians. If you're going to be on Facebook, quit putting that small g on there. If you talk about my God, put a big g on there. If you talk about the devil, keep your little g. Amen. I think that is absolutely pathetic to see a born-again Christian on the Bible breaking God down to the level of the devil. Amen. Was that nice enough? <laughs> next time, next time you're on Facebook or your social media as you're wanting to witness for Jesus, talk about God, if your spell check, controlled by the devil, tries to make that a small g, 
Say, devil, I rebuke you. And make that a big G. Matter of fact, make the whole thing a big G, big O and big D. Man, rub it in his face. Hey, man. Well, I'll say it again. I'm doing better preaching than you are shouting. Amen. Do you see what it's okay to put a small G? It says that whom the God of this world has blinded the minds. Now we're talking about be not conformed to this world, but renewed your mind. He says the devil blinds the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ to his image of, notice that big G? Huh? See, that wasn't a typo, but that little G in there. Satan is the God of this world system. It says he blinds people from the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, so it won't shine into them. And so this tells us Satan is the God of the world system. Now listen to this. If your mind hasn't been renewed, you haven't been around Christianity very long yet, you don't know this. This may be a heavy revy to you. That's a revelation. It says, tells us Satan's the God of this world system, but unsaved people for the most part influence what we hear on the news. Do you know, how many know that Jesus was born of a virgin? He lived life as a man, but he was God, but he lived as a man. How many know that when you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus ministered to the multitudes? Multitudes got healed. Some raised from the dead. Blind people got their eyes. Crippled people walked. All kinds of miracles happened through Jesus. Multitudes, multitudes loved that. Then when Jesus was on the cross up at Calvary, Pilate, the political leader of the time, they had a, they had a tradition. When people were being crucified, they'd let the people take a vote. And they could vote who to crucify and set one, one criminal free. And so it says there's a man there named, was it Barabbas? Barabbas. Barabbas, it said, was a convicted murderer. Jesus was the Son of God who did no wrong. And the newspaper was there, and the media was there, and they told the story. They'd say the multitude said, turn Barabbas loose. And they said, they took a poll, in the poll, 99% of the people said, hang Jesus, kill Jesus. You know why? Society is controlled by the God of this world. And so that's what the news would have reported. And so you know what a lot of Christian people on Facebook would have done? Like, 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 pass it on. Like, like, like. That proves to you right there, they'd say, Jesus was a phony because all the people voted to kill him. And that shows you that Barabbas wasn't such a bad guy. The crowds of the multitude said, make him the next governor. Yeah, that kind of what happens today. You get a lot of these perverts out there. And because perverts are voting for him, they get perverted votes. Amen. Is this making sense to you? It says Satan's the God of this world. He blinds him. So for the most part, this is why our minds have got to be renewed. Because your mind was blinded. And now you're born again. So now he says, don't be conformed how your mind used to think. You've got to change. And so it says that he's the God of this world system. And so for the most part, he influences a lot of our education system. Not all of it. I'll tell you what, some of the greatest, to me, some of the greatest 
Saints in the whole world are school teachers, Christian school teachers. Christian school teachers, uh, superintendents, principals. We have a lot of Christian teachers that are in our church that have went to our church over the years. And they are great people. And they're working. They're, they're like a salmon swimming upstream. They're fighting a losing battle almost. But I'll tell you what, they're making a little dent in the areas they're in. So what I'm saying, for the most part, our education system is influenced by unsaved people, the God of this world. And of course, politics, TV, movies, and entertainment, they're influenced by people that do not have the nature of God. And so that's why he says that we are doing something about our minds because our minds were at one time blind. And I remember, now this here, I'm going to say something that was my own life, my own personal testimony. I didn't know anything about anything when I became born again. I knew nothing about anything except what all the sinners around me talked about, all my unsaved family talked about, all the news I watched talked about. That's all I knew. I didn't know anything about the Bible. But I remember after I was born again, and you know, some of you may still not know this yet. Well, don't get offended. Just be willing to let Jesus open your eyes. I was sitting in the living room with some Christians that had been Christians for a while. I was a new Christian. And so anyway, as we were sitting there talking, they got talking about abortion. And so as they were talking, I let my old stupid, unrenewed mind mouth on them. Well, I think a woman would have a right to choose. Why did I say a woman ought to have a right to choose? That's all I'd ever heard. And then they began to explain to me, that was a baby. Did that baby have any rights? The safest place in the whole world should be in your mother's womb. That's where you ought to be able to have it. Anyway, I'm saying for me, because I'd always heard that, I, I, just think, I just as I preach, I'm thinking about that. Man, I was so ignorant of what really goes on that I come against those Christians because they all knew what was going on and I didn't. They'd had their minds renewed. They knew that was life. And as soon as I said that, I mean, they let me know and I, got, I kind of got offended, but I got the Spirit of God in me. And I was teachable. And I was humble before God. I went home and prayed. Man, it took about a 15-second prayer to all of a sudden, they're right, you're wrong. And I immediately changed where I knew that the whole world has been deceived by the devil. And so I realized that if I could be wrong in that area, because I'd always heard something, I could be wrong in other areas. And so I began then to really to do what we're talking about tonight, to get into the Word of God and let God's Word start changing my thinking about things. I want to see God things how God sees things. How many know that the Bible is God talking? God put in the hearts of men what to write, and it became the Bible. And so I knew, I knew the only way, the only way that I was going to change wasn't by watching 60 minutes. It was by spending 60 minutes in the Word of God. There's another nugget, Mom. <laughs> Amen. And so anyway, in this verse right here, I want to look at it again now. God wants us, after we receive His Spirit and nature to ours, to change our way of thinking. And so Romans 12, 2 again. Romans 12, 2. We're going to talk about this just a little bit, and I think it's going to open your eyes up to see some things. You notice that he says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Well, that word transform 
Cuss of a Greek word, metamorphi. Metamorphi. And our English word is metamorphosis. Does anybody remember metamorphosis from school? When you went to school, metamorphosis? Well, what metamorphosis is, that's the process of a tadpole changing into a frog. Remember that in school? How it was a tadpole? Then you know, things begin to happen, and then it become a then it become a frog, or a caterpillar changed into a beautiful butterfly. Anybody ever see the caterpillar make the cocoon? Then when it comes out, it's not the little ugly thing of all those little feet and everything like that. It gives you the creeps. But a butterfly flies out. And think about us as born again Christians. God wants us to metamorphify our mind from death to life in our thought process. He wants us to quit having all the stinking thinking and start thinking in line with God's word and we'll have beautiful thoughts. And it'll cause us to change how we talk. And I, I just, I wrote down some examples of some things here that may stir your thinking. Write this verse down. This was our verse on our calendar about half a dozen years ago. But Deuteronomy 30:19, God said, I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. That both you and your children may live. God said life and death, blessing and cursing. Guess what the world says? The world says, boy, they're having bad luck. Oh, they're having such bad luck. Or something good happens to you as a believer. They say, oh, you're just so lucky. You're having good luck. No, I've made wise choices. You made wrong choices. Your wrong choices, the consequences wasn't bad luck. You reap what you sowed. Somebody said, well, I've been living right and I've been doing right. How come it's not turned out right yet? Well, First Peter chapter 5, verse 10 says, Satan, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Then it says, if you resist steadfast to the faith, he will flee from you. James 4, 7 says, Submit yourself therefore to God. Resist the devil. He will flee from you. It's not bad luck and good luck. I'm talking about to get your thinking changed. He said, don't be conformed to this world. Just get this luck out of your vocabulary. I'll tell you what, if, if I, I don't believe in magic, don't do magic. I believe in the blessing. But if I could wave a magic wand of blessing across every head in here tonight to get that luck out of your head, I would do that. I'll tell you what, I'm just going to ask you, I'm going to challenge you. Next time you hear yourself talk about luck, just stop saying, whoop, I'm not conformed to this world anymore. I don't have luck, good luck or bad luck. <clears throat> I have blessing. I choose blessing. And if bad things try to come to me, I'm saying, Satan, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. Get off of my life. And the next time, <clears throat> the next time something good happens to your friends, instead of saying, oh, aren't you lucky? Stop. And say, you know what? You are blessed. You are blessed. What am I saying? God said, present your body. God said, quit thinking like the world thinks. Think like God thinks. You know, what, what, can you imagine Jesus walking up to somebody and saying, oh, this is your lucky day. I'm here. <laughs> or Jesus walking up to somebody, one of those crippled letters and say, well, you've had such bad luck, you poor old thing, you. Uh, I, I just, I just hope you're lucky today and I do a miracle for you. It's not in the Bible. 
Luck is not from God. Blessings and cursing are in the earth. As Christians, we are redeemed from the curse, but we've got to participate with God's Word to get it. That'd probably be a good time to clap. Now, I'm, I'm going to give you another one. And you've probably heard this a, a million times and you think it's cute. And I thought it was cute too. Until I got born again, got my mind renewed. The world, the world likes to say this at their positive thinking seminars. They say this, was the cup half full or is the cup half empty? How do you see the cup? I don't see it either way. I see it through the eyes of the word. Psalms 23 verse 4 says, my cup runneth over. My cup is not half empty. My cup is not half full. My cup is running over. You know what? You know why he says that? God sees abundance. God sees his sons and daughters having more than enough, whatever they need. So why should it be just half full? Why should it be half empty? If you're going to not be conformed to this world, you've got to start changing your thinking. Amen. Can I throw something else out to you? Faith people that live by the Word of God aren't positive thinkers. You know, people that aren't saved think, man, if you just have a positive thought, just have a positive thought. I've seen a lot of positive thoughters die at 30 years old as they lifted their weights and ran their marathons. They died of heart disease. Anybody ever heard of some of the greatest jocks in the world drop over dead at 32 years old because working out and positive thinking didn't do anything? But the Word of God will cause you to be a positive thinker. The positive thinkers doesn't mean you're a Word of God person. But you get the Word of God controlling you, negative is not going to come out. The more the Word comes out, the more that positive comes out. But you're not just being positive because you want to be positive. The Word of God will make you positive. Amen. Now, here's another one. The world says... Concerning diagnosis, no care and no hope. Jesus said in Mark 16, verse 17 and 18, lay hands on the sick in the name of Jesus and what? They shall recover. Be not conformed to this world. Praise God for accurate medical diagnosis. I had some diagnosis this year. This year. Glory to God. The Word of God took me beyond what the diagnosis was. I'm preaching. I'm teaching. I'm enjoying life again. You know why? I listened to what Jesus had to say. Jesus said, they shall recover. Did not say, they shall recover unless it's a heart attack. He didn't say that. Did not say, they shall recover unless it's cancer. Didn't say that. They shall recover with the help of good doctors and medicine. Didn't say that said, they shall recover no matter what the disease, no matter what the diagnosis, no matter what the problem is, they shall recover. Amen. Amen. But what am I saying? I'm saying this. Jesus said, be not conformed to this world. Be metamorphized. It's a process. You don't one day, one day you're not a caterpillar, and the next day you're a butterfly, that caterpillar has to go to that cocoon and work for a while. Has to separate himself from the world. Has to go into the prayer closet. 
has to get alone. Spend some time with God. Amen. This is a process. And so what I was thinking today, as I put this together, I was sitting there meditating in the Word of God's Scriptures. How many thousands of times have I read these and went over? You know what I was doing today? As I was in the Word of God today, I believe in my spiritual father's learning off of them. My, my, my greatest spiritual father was Brother Hagen. I wasn't a personal friend close to him all the time. I was around him somewhat over the years. Studied all of his books and things like that. That man taught the Word of God in the best way for me to hear it. I used to listen to him on the radio every day when I was a truck driver. He really influenced me. And I thought about what Brother Hagin said all the time. Brother Hagin said, no matter what else I read every day, I always read something on faith and healing. He said, whatever else I study, I always read something on faith and healing. And so I was sitting there reading my Bible. And so I started going through some faith passages. Read them thousands of times, preached them thousands of times, lived them. Then I started going through reading some things on healing. And I got to thinking, I've been doing this for all my Christian life. I'm going to keep on doing it. I'm going to keep on doing it. Why is it? I'm not going to let the world's thinking come back into my head. I'm going to stay sharp on faith because faith pleases God. Faith gets results. I'm going to stay sharp on healing. I'm not let the devil back in my life to kill me. i got a lot of things to do for Jesus. I got grandkids. I'm going to have great grandkids. I'm going to be around for a long time as a grandpa, as, as an elder pastor to help people and learn things in life. And I'm going to stay sharp. I'm going to stay good at it. But what I'm teaching you tonight is how this whole thing started. I started off in 1980, knew nothing. I was a baby Christian. I was a new creature in Christ. My mind knew nothing about what God knew. I started reading. I started studying. And write down Psalms 1. Verses 1, 2, and 3. I, I it's time to shut it down so I won't go any farther. But anyway, it's Psalm 1, verses 1, 2, and 3. Verse 1 tells you, basically, to separate yourself and don't hang out with people that are non-God people. That doesn't mean we don't hang around lost people and other people like that. We do, but we just don't spend the majority of our time with them. We want to be around people. I think about Chuck in his shop. I mean, Chuck gets to see people all day long as customers that aren't saved people. But if he's going to stay away from unsaved people, he'd go broke. That all of you on your jobs. If he's going to stay away from unsaved people, you wouldn't have a job because you couldn't go to work anymore. But what that means is this. Now get this. This is where some of you are missing it. What he said on your off-duty time, don't pal around with them. Amen. If you've got a choice on the weekend, unless God tells you different for that particular weekend... You got a choice to hang around for a Christian thing or hang around a bunch of people that are boozing and doing stuff, think you're going to be the great witness. Unless God tells you that you're strong enough to go hang around some people for those times like that, He says, don't do that. He says, but have your mind renewed by meditating in the Word of God. Meditating in the Word of God is simply this. You get alone in your prayer closet and don't just pray. Well, although there are some times you just pray, but always, 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 always take your Bible into your prayer closet. And if God then brings a verse to your heart, you can find that verse and look at it for your eyes. Read it out loud. Meditate in the Word of God means you read it out loud. You read it out loud. You read it out loud. And when you're reading the Word of God out loud, guess what it does? It helps run those thoughts off that bombarding your mind. Because how many know when you read the Bible, you get bombarded? Well, if you're reading out loud, your spirit's involved, 
Your soul's involved, your mind, your body's involved, your tongue, and you're drowning out the outside noises, and faith cometh by what? And so what are you hearing when you're reading it? The Word. So what's coming? And that's how you renew your mind. You begin to do that. And what I did, didn't have all these smartphones back then, I got stacks and stacks of three-by-five cards at home now is how I learned the Bible. I wrote those down. I carried them in my pocket. And when I was on my truck driving jobs and places, if I had free time, I'd pull it out of my pocket. I'd read a chapter verse off my card. I'd quote it. I'd read it. I'd quote it. I'd read it. And that's why now when I'm preaching to you, I don't even think about it. There might be a hundred scriptures if we had time. Just come, come out of me like that there. But I, I, I don't want to overwhelm people. And so it comes out of me because for 39 years I've put it in me. And I'm still doing the same thing this afternoon. Looked at the same verse I looked at 39 years ago, 38 years ago, 25 years ago. I'm still looking at it. I'm still looking at it. I'm still looking at it because my adversary has not left the earth yet. He still like to take me out. So I'm going to stay fresh. I'm going to stay sharp. And so I'll close it by saying this. If you want God to truly have control of your life, let his word have control of your mind. That word controls your mind. That word begins to control your life. Amen. Let's stand up. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.